welcome back to another edition of the Less Stressed Life, where we teach exhausted and burnt out adults the truth about adrenal fatigue so that they can get their health back quickly. And I'm really excited to interview my next guest here because he was dealing with some major health challenges before we started to work together. And then we've kept in contact through social media and through emails. And he's always so kind in terms of giving thanks for the improvements that he's had with his health. And I thought, hey, you know what, would you be open to sharing your story and tell other people that had suffered with some of the same things that you suffered with or gone through the same challenges that you've gone through and what you did to help yourself and how we got to the, the basics or the root cause of the challenges and really addressed those. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's not something that you do just one time. It's knowledge and information that you'll have forever in your toolkit. So without further ado, I have Griffin, Griffin here today. Um, Griffin, why don't you thank, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Oh yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dr. Dole. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk to you because um, I just reviewed all of the important information that we did working together. And there were so many ahas and so many really textbook things that were going on from a functional medicine standpoint or nutrigenomic genetic standpoint. But yet from what you may have experienced before working together, it wasn't always that way. So why don't you give our listeners who listen to this podcast that are exhausted and burnt out and maybe frustrated and, and at their wits end and not finding solutions to their own problems, give us a little background on what you were dealing with, what you were suffering from and how it was impacting you. You bet. Uh, to give you context, right now I'm uh, 44 years old and uh, my journey started really about age 38 where I was extremely food sensitive. Uh, I was 240 pounds and at 5'9", that's not a healthy weight. Uh, pretty irritable, uh, sleep challenges, just not, not functioning well as a human being. And after a couple of uh, uh, colonoscopies, uh, I had a doctor that wanted to put me on Humira. Uh, I read about the drug and I said, you know, suppressing my immune system seems like a, a pretty silly approach that's gonna have some other consequences. So. Um, that that's really where my entire health journey started. And, you know, a lot of people have seen it, but I started with the bulletproof diet and that was, uh, my mother was a, uh, a nursing professor at Oregon health sciences university. And we discussed my, my challenges. And she said, Hey, I think a, a, at least getting on a ketogenic diet would be a good uh, way for you to start and made a number of improvements, uh, you know, over the next year. So by age 39, my health improved a lot. Uh, fast forward to 44 over the years and, you know, I, I resolved some digestive issues, but my energy continued to deplete. Right. And I was feeling worse and worse. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm throwing stuff at the wall, trying to make it stick. I'm trying to go from keto to carnivore and trying all these biohacks and, you know, looking for the silver bullet and just not finding it. And, uh, went to a naturopath, uh, uh, while we were still living in Washington and that naturopath uh, told me I had adrenal fatigue and uh, helped me uh, get on some adrenal cortex and a couple other things and it didn't work. So I did more research and came across uh, you on social media and that's where we got engaged and 
you know, fast forward from it, what was it, January that uh, we connected or February of this year? And we were, yeah, it was early in the year. And I think a couple of my notes are in March as well. March. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, you know, the the progress of the first five years really being a, a, a digestive improvement, but a, a energy decline engaging with you and where I'm at today is, uh, you know, I kind of, I have my life back and um, being a guy the 12 months ago, my energy was terrible. I didn't like playing with my kids. I didn't do fun things because I just felt like crap. I mean, literally, you know, a, a pretty miserable life. And today, um, you know, we've, we've made a number of lifestyle changes during the pandemic. Uh, maybe we'll touch on those a little bit, but uh, you know, where I'm at today, um, if you would have told me a year ago, I could be where I am at the weight I am at the health I am with the quality of life I am, I, I might've had to suspend disbelief to get there. So uh, I'm super happy with the results uh, working with you. And that's why I'm here today. I'm, I'm a huge advocate of yours. And uh, hopefully this inspires some people to get more engaged with you on a professional level to, you know, get their energy back and reclaim your life. Hey, listen, I, I appreciate all of that. The most rewarding thing for me of all of that, and I've always said this is Griffin is, the internal satisfaction you get knowing you've changed someone's health. I mean, that really is most of the reward that you get as a practitioner because they're very difficult presentations and you don't always get there. And a lot of things go right um, for that to happen. And, and looking at the notes and looking at all the things that you've allowed us to talk about and share today will give other people hope as well in terms of, hey, that could be happening to me. And, right. and that can also help raise their antenna. So a couple of things you mentioned earlier in, in what you told me is the idea of the initial attitude of it didn't sit well with you to just be put on immunosuppressants. And that, not everyone's going to have that, right? I mean, some people will, will do that. Hey, listen, what the doctor tells me is what I should do. They have been, this is their profession and I'm not going to question it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, may I ask why, why first and foremost, did that not sit well with you? The idea of suppressing my immune system to um, cure a digestive issue just didn't sit well with me because I'm thinking, hey, if I have a suppressed immune system, what's what's going to happen to me on the other side? Am I going to get sick more often? Um, I, I looked through the list of side effects and I can't remember them right now, though. But, you know, every pharmaceutical has a list of side effects. And I looked through them and I said, no, we're, we're not we're not doing that. So uh, that that was it. I just didn't I, I kind of had a of, I guess, a gut belief that there is another solution and having lucky enough to have a, uh, a healthcare practitioner uh, in my, uh, in my family lineage, right? My mother. So, uh, you know, part of that was a conversation with her and she agreed. She's like, there's, there's gotta be another solution. So we just, we look for something better than a, a immunosuppressant. Yeah. And I think inherently, you, you, we know like, hey, this is a lot of people know that this is not really getting to the root cause of the problem mm -hmm. and what other consequences are going to result out of that. Um, and, and maybe just not having that support with their family member of giving them the idea that they're all, there are alternatives out there. Um, mm -hmm. And ultimately, if you're not getting to the root cause of the problem and you're just suppressing your immune system, 
you're not addressing why right you're just mm -hmm. and, and but but you know i can understand as well my mother's a nurse and i understand that hey i just want to feel better and if this in the short term suppressing my immune system can make me feel better then then why not so yeah. i just wanted to get your perspective on that so yeah. when i originally looked at some of the notes you, you know you had poor sleep the motivation was was not there the positive outlook was not there um, you, you mentioned quote unquote GI resiliency and stalled weight loss. Um, mm -hmm. what's your weight now, Griffin? Where are you and where were you? I, it, I think I told you at age 38, I was two, uh, 240 pounds, right. And through ketogenic diet during that period, I could get myself down to 200 to maybe low one nineties. Uh, that that's about as low as I could go. Um, you know, after working with you, some lifestyle changes incorporated in that. I'm at 182 pounds today, uh, and I I think I'm probably going to settle somewhere in the low ones, low to mid 170s. But uh, you know, I'm I'm at the I'm at the costly point where I'm going to have to start buying new clothes now, which is a great that's a great price to pay, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think too. Would you would it be fair to man? I don't want to put words in your mouth that that wasn't necessarily our, our main focus. If anything, you mentioned side effects with immunosuppressants. I, I've always mentioned that when you start to get to root causes of the problem and ultimately create a better balance between supply and demand in your body, um, then things start to work better. Would it be fair to say, Griffin, that the side effect of getting healthy was weight loss or was it something you put a lot more emphasis in in restricting your calories and killing yourself to get there? Like, give us some no. feedback on that. Yeah, I, I haven't restricted calories at all. I mean, I, I eat as much as I can. Now, part of part of some of the lifestyle changes, uh, you know, we made during the pandemic, I, I was in sales and business development. And I just got into operations management, right? I, light bulb kind of went on after we worked that, you know, for my body and for me, uh, for my mental health, motion is lotion. So uh, this, this new job I have in operations management, uh, I'm on my feet 25,000 to 30,000 steps a day. And that's made a huge contribution. So I don't have to restrict calories at all. And, uh, you know, that, that weight's easily come off where it's been stalled for, you know, gosh, I got to, I got to think it's like four years that I was trying to break that 190 hurdle. And, uh, you know, now it's, now I've, uh, I've got the right lifestyle change to match, uh, match up with my weight loss goals. And, you know, with all the other tools falling into place, it happens. Right. And the, the amazing thing is some of my peers at work take the same, same number of steps, right. They, they, you know, make the same output every day. And they're pretty fantastically overweight, right? So I, you know, just walking 25 or 30,000 steps a day, if you're hormonally out of balance, right? If you, if you have energy problems, it, it's not going to happen. You have to, you have to be healthy to lose weight, right? And that's, I think what you're getting at, which I totally believe now is you don't get, you don't lose weight to get healthy. You get healthy to lose weight. Right. Yeah, it's great. It's true. And, and I, I'm glad we, we are talking about this. Um, a couple other things too, like I wanted to just sort of go back and you were doing the ketogenic diet. And, mm -hmm. and ultimately, if you're not healthy doing the ketogenic diet, 
it's like the weight loss, the steps is it can only get you so far. And, right. and, you know, so as far as there were now, the other thing we talked about a little bit earlier before we even started to record was when I was, I was telling you, I was looking through all the different things that we've done that I want to share with you. But it, a lot of the results came back textbook from a functional medicine standpoint. And I think it's important to clarify that because when I'm working with clients and probably the same with you, where either you're told to go on an immunosuppressant where you're not getting at the root cause of the problem, or you're just not properly worked up, Griffin, in terms of, hey, there's not a lot going on here, Griffin, with your blood work, things are normal. You may have a little bit high of this or a little low of that, but we're not really concerned about it, quote unquote. Or maybe you just need to be put on a statin or you know, uh, uh, something to control that one number and reductionistically feel it's gonna improve it. But the, the irony was from that point of view, not being told or being told that there's nothing wrong and everything's normal, when I look at the way that we looked at things, there was a lot wrong and yes. there was a lot that was normal, which made it really easy to, um, to kind of help you. Um, so as far as what I, I guess what I want to get into is um, some of the findings that we, that we did and, and how we went about approaching the improvement. So um, as far as before I do that, though, what, what do you think was the major ahas or the major thing that made you realize, okay, like, or what was the first thing that we did that made you feel like, okay, that makes sense. I haven't been told that before. Um, what would that have been for you? Yeah, the, the number one thing that, and this is funny, right? This is an environmental thing, but uh, you know, the, the number one thing I think that made me a believer was actually part of the uh, genetic profile we did. And you told me that uh, I have the, uh, the gene SNP for sensitivity to EMF, right? Electromagnetic frequency. And uh, after talking about that and looking out my window, 80 yards, we didn't live on power lines, but we are the next street over, 80 yards from main transmission lines. And, you know, it, as part of the pandemic and our lifestyle adjustments, we uh, moved farther south, purchased a new house and made sure we didn't live anywhere close to power lines. And that made a noticeable immediate impact getting away from power lines. Um, the interesting thing was shortly, uh, uh, right about the time, uh, the few months before we engaged, uh, I took on a new job um, and was spending more time at home. And that's when my energy problems got really bad. And uh, my home office was the closest room to those power lines and spending more time at home just all exacerbated the problem, right? And now that, uh, you know, now that we're not in that position anymore, I, I feel great. And that was, that was the biggest, most immediate impact was that getting rid of the uh, EMF. Yeah, that's huge. Um, not everyone has the ability to be able to physically remove themselves and move, right? Um, right. So they may be left with, well, that sounds good for you, but I can't just get up and move. But being aware of it is the first thing, right? The being aware mm -hmm. of it, like having it on your, you know, excuse the pun, the radar, having it on your radar is essential. 
Um, so just for those that may wonder a little more about that, which is not the purpose of this call or this, this conversation is when we do a genetic test and I've done plenty of videos that you can watch on why we do that. One of the key enzymes that we look at is the, um, the EMF sensitivity. And basically it gives us some ideas on your um, voltage potential and your calcium channels, which help to increase more calcium into the cell and depolarize the cell. And that can create more free radicals and create more mast cell activation and histamine issues. And, and for those that have, you didn't even just have one polymorphism. I looked at your, your, your genetics. You had two copies of two different locations, meaning both parents, right? Yep. So I always joke around in your next life, ask mom and dad for better environmental EMF genes than being so good looking. Say, hey, listen, next time, right. mom, I don't mind. Give me better things. But that was a real problem for you, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. in the very least, there are certain things you could do without moving, as you can put your Wi Fi router on a Christmas timer. Um, yep. You could make sure that you're not with your cell phone all day, um, put it in airplane mode, give it its own little bed to sleep in across from the room. Um, there's so many, you can rewire your computer system so that it's actually more wired than, than not. There's a lot of things. And like you said, if it's going to make a huge difference, it's worth it. Um, yeah. But a couple of the initial things that, that I noticed um, with you is when we looked at your blood work. So a lot of people will pre you know, present me with their, their prior tests that they've done. We'll mm -hmm. put it before they've worked with me so that I can review that. And there were a couple of things that I want to share with the people, if that's okay. Basically, your red blood cell count was functionally high, meaning from lab range, it wasn't marked as high. But from the healthy range, it was people listening, the lab range, the healthy range is 4.4 to 4.9 for the red blood cells. And yours were 5.56. So it was above that 4.9, but it was below what the lab range would have been in terms of maybe six or it was below that range. <laughs> And then your hemoglobin yeah. was 16.4 from a healthy range. We want to see it between 14 and 15. Yep. So if people are listening, you know, take those numbers down um, 4.4 4 to 4.9 or 14 to 15. If you're above those, you may have some kind of iron challenges. Yep. And when I looked at your blood work, we didn't have an adequate iron panel. We had serum iron, but we didn't have percent saturation or we didn't have ferritin. Um, so maybe give the listener an idea as to what became of that information and from a lifestyle point of view, what you did with that information. Yeah, I mean, so really, how, oh, go ahead. No, no, I just to make sure you don't want to put you on the spot, but yeah, what, what did yeah. we discuss about your iron and what, how it was maybe causing you some challenges that you weren't told about? Yeah, just, uh, you know, that's a even though the lab test looked like it was in the normal range, right? That's, uh, you were, you were telling me, Hey, that's a, that's a sign of potential inflammation, right? We want to get that number down. So, uh, I, you know, took your advice and over the, uh, most of this past year, I've been donating blood, uh, every two months, right? Or I guess specifically every 54 days, I'm on a clockwork schedule. Uh, I, I, think at the year mark, I'm going to uh, do a serum ferritin test, right? Just to see where I'm at. But, you know, I've been donating that blood and the nice side effect is I'm O negative, right? So that's a, that's a pretty nice donation to give too. So, uh, right. and for those people out there that don't know, blood banks are in high demand right now. So please donate blood if you can. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just it is we got to get to, 
uh, we got to get my iron in check. I got to give away some blood to get, continue to improve uh, that number. And, you know, I've been doing that religiously. That's awesome. I mean, and it's important to say like, look, you need a certified like provider or practitioner to help you understand that. Mm -hmm. The lab ranges for ferritin griffin are grossly so vast. I think it's like 30 to, to 390. Mm -hmm. And you may have been in like 50 range or the I don't remember exactly I don't think I wrote it down exactly but um, it wouldn't have been flagged from the lab range it wouldn't have been on anyone's radar um, but what it does is when it's not moving properly it will oxidize and create free radicals and that's where you could see like um, premature gray herring stuff like that and if you have some genetic weak links so we're starting to put this case together and hey there's a lot of things going on here yep um, and EMF wasn't determined first. Um, the, the iron looking at your blood work was because it took us some time to get that, that genetic test back. Um, so then the other thing I noticed is from your white blood cells, you had monocytes and eosinophils. Um, those are your different kinds of white blood cells. So I call it the different branches of the, of the armed forces. And monocytes and eosinophils, monocytes should be four to 7% mm -hmm. from a healthy range. Um, just as an aside, they are in a lot of blood tests, they show monocytes, the differentials. They don't even give you a range. They say no established ranges. Mm -hmm. So there wouldn't have been anything to compare it to. But you were at 11%. And then your eosinophils, they should be between 0 and 3%. And you were at 4%. So both of those ranges that would have been shown on the lab test as no established ranges, you were functionally high for the healthy range. And whenever you see monocytes and eosinophils paired together, functionally high from a practitioner point of view, I think right away parasites and or I think about uh, mast cell activation with histamine, which could have been because of the iron and could have been because of the EMFs and whatever things we found out as well. So um, maybe talk about what we did to determine if there were parasites and yeah. good about that. Yeah. Uh, that was the uh, that was the GI map test, right? Yeah. Yeah. GI map. Yep. So I was I was pretty shocked. I mean, that was kind of a shocking discovery too. Maybe you know I I said the the EMF variant was number one. This might have been number one A. Uh, was that I had uh, H. pylori and Giardia uh, in my tract, right? So um, when I think about my digestive issues at age 38 really exacerbating. Uh, for those people that don't know, H. pylori can cause ulcers, right, uh, in your GI tract. And, you know, if you're thinking about leaky gut, that would expose the, the barrier, right, to allow uh, things that normally wouldn't pass through your gut membrane to pass through. And that's really where, you know, when I had food sensitivities, uh, bad food sensitivities, I believe, you know, H. pylori was a big one where um, you know, it, it was a, either a cause or exacerbator of leaky gut. So uh, pretty amazing. The, uh, the product you had me take uh, was the three pill supplement. I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of it. GI Synergy, maybe the GI Synergy from Apex. GI Synergy. Was that was it. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and then uh, you had me take GI Synergy. And then for people that have H. pylori, uh, you also had me take Mastic Gum, right? Yeah, um, right. The mastic gut. I mean, this was this was incredible. Uh, I think you had me take it for ten days, 
And at the end of 10 days, uh, you know, my, my gut just felt solid. It, it, it's hard to put it into words, but, you know, I, I felt like I always lived on knife's edge with my gut where one wrong move could, could really uh, make me suffer for a few days. And I got done with that. And I said, I think I could actually tolerate a gluten exposure. So just one time I did that, I ate pizza. And, you know, that was something that had like kicked my butt for three or four days. And I ate the pizza, woke up the next day. I felt a little bit slow, but it's like, I can handle that, right? So I, I don't do that. I, I still eat a ketogenic diet. That was more of a test just to say, where am I at? That was phenomenal. And, right. and still to this day, you know, my, my gut's rock solid uh, since, since doing that mastic gum and the uh, GI synergy. So that was huge. That was huge. That was big. Yeah. And, you know, again, it was textbook in the sense that not every time you see someone who has monocytes and eosinophils functionally elevated, that wouldn't have been even on the radar from the lab ranges when you when you do a, hey, let's investigate this um, and do it. And because you would have had GI symptoms as well, we, you know, we talk to the patient and find out what are you dealing with? Yeah. Um, what, what are, well, Hey, you know, 37, 38, they wanted to, you know, do some kind of immunosuppressant, you know, so, um, we know that the GI is involved and to come back with an H pylori and a, even, I think that you weren't absorbing fat as, as effectively as you could have. Mm -hmm. Um, so your steatic levels were high and with someone who's on a ketogenic diet, you need to absorb your fat. So there was yes. a lot of clinical hurdles that we had with that. Um, and then the other thing that I was concerned about when we did get your genetic test results back was the fact that when you produce histamine, one of the ways that you clear histamine out is through the DAO production, mm -hmm. which is an enzyme in your GI tract that clears that out. Um, so then we did a test that looks at your, your intestinal barrier, looks at your DAO, looks at your histamine, um, looks at your bacteria growth. And so do you remember what information we got from that, Griffin, in terms of, of that, that test that we found out? Yeah, we just, uh, we just determined that, you know, I'm, I, I have to supplement DAO enzyme, right? And is that the, uh, is that the ABP1 assist or is it, uh, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's super helpful. And, you know, I, I noticed uh, once you, you gave me that revelation, right? I started to think through things and yeah, you know, I have some red wine and it stuffs me up, right? I have leftover meat and, you know, that, that causes an impact, right? So, you know, I use that. I try to eat fresh meat as often as I can. I drink less wine than I used to. And, you know, I, I think it's a couple of things. It's you supplement some and you avoid some of the foods that might cause uh, some of those triggers. So um, really, that was simple. Yeah, and you, but it's good in the sense that, again, we got that information from the genetic piece of the puzzle. Hey, like mm -hmm. you have a potential. It doesn't necessarily mean like you have ones and twos or mm -hmm. mom and dad or mom and dad gave you the gene polymorphism or the slowly to be able to make this enzyme to clear out histamine. Mm -hmm. You may want to consider supporting that and you could assume guilty until proven otherwise and just go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. But also you want to specifically based on a test is that presenting as a challenge and it was mm -hmm. um, and on top of that if your iron is oxidizing because your ferritin levels are high or you have emf exposures or you have parasites um, those are going to cause those free radicals to be produced 
um, and, and that's going to produce histamine. So you, like you just said, you want to work on both sides of the equation. So right. I guess just summarizing everything so far, at what point did, we, I mean, you know, in everything we've talked about so far, where is the adrenal fatigue in there? Like, you know, mm -hmm. like in terms of paradigm shift, because mm -hmm. you, you said you were given adrenal cortex and it really didn't address the, the, the it didn't make you feel any better. Right. right. So, right. so, okay. So then we did a, uh, a Dutch test and um, again, I'm sorry to put you on the spot here cause it's been a while, yeah. but as far as um, do you remember any of the take home messages that we told you? Cause I think it's important. Like, listen, at the end of the day, I'm coming to you, Joel, because I've been told I have an adrenal problem. You help people with adrenals. Everything you've talked about really hasn't been adrenally based in the sense mm -hmm. that we're not really talking about hormones. Mm -hmm. um, I still make sure we do the test so we get a lay of the land on how your hormones are playing out based on all of these things. Mm -hmm. um, but do you remember, Griffin, any take homes on what we talked about from the results of the Dutch test off the top of your head? Like, what yeah, sort of finding yeah. Oh, yeah, that I didn't have it a, a problem with my adrenals, right? So, you know, you, you right. talk about adrenal fatigue and we look at the Dutch test and we see, hey, it, it, while we call it adrenal fatigue, right? Um, you know, it, it's really, we're talking about fatigue and it can come from multiple pathways and multiple sources. And we were just able to confirm that mine wasn't based in my adrenals, right? So, I think that's an important thing for everybody to realize out there. We have the term adrenal fatigue. It's absolutely real, um, but it, it doesn't mean your fatigues are based in your adrenal glands, right? So I think that's the best thing about the Dutch test is you can either dial that in and, and say, yeah, you know, you're one of the very small percentage of people out there where it actually is an adrenal problem, or you can rule it out and say, hey, we have to look at, you know, probably multiple other pathways to solve your fatigue issues. Yeah, I mean, it's a great aha from you. You know, I had a client the other day who told me they went to go see their doctor and they're in like, uh, they were in Mississippi and the doctor said back to them like, hey, you shouldn't know all this information. You know more than me, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, as I hear you speak, I think, well, it's, you have to become an advocate. You have mm -hmm. to learn this stuff because ultimately when you don't feel good and it's costing you time away from your kids and you're not mm -hmm. the happy dad, and you're, you know, you feel like you're not motivated and you're, you just don't feel good. It's, it's worth it to do these things, but I'll yes. just also kind of give a little more clarity from the, the Dutch test. We did get some really great other information. So yes, you are a hundred percent right. In fact, your adrenals look really good. They're producing a good amount of, of cortisol. Um, there's a good amount of free amount. The, the DHEA and testosterone was really good actually. But there's a Cinderella zone or a Goldilocks one of that. You don't want it too much right. and you weren't. You didn't want it too little and you weren't. So you really were looking good. You were aromatizing a mm -hmm. little bit, which means in English, some of your estrogen levels were starting to rise because of inflammation. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to know what are the sources of inflammation mm -hmm. from all the other things that we did, the EMF sensitivity, the, um, the iron overload, the histamine you're not clearing. Um, and we even will get into a little bit of oxalates too, because you had that as well. Yep. Um, so, so let me, I guess, let me ask you this though, as far as when you learned that the Dutch test didn't really indicate that you had an adrenal fatigue problem, 
um, it may have indicated, hey, you're going a little higher on your estrogen. Um, and that can manifest as um, more moodiness, more emotional. I remember I had some aromatization with my own blood work and I'd be watching a movie and it was a little sad and mm -hmm. I would be crying, yeah. weeping. So did you notice any of those symptoms, even though the adrenals were, were told to be not fatigued in, in that instance? Yeah, you know, I, I was probably, uh, you know, maybe a little quicker to uh, trigger an angry response, possibly. Um, uh, you know, I, I've never uh, been a crier at movies or anything like that. But, uh, well, let me let me put this another way. I don't cry at sad things like the one thing I would notice is if I was watching, say, Rudy, uh, you know, the movie Rudy, right? And you have those those happy moments that would make you cry. I would definitely do that. And I've noticed my my tendency to do that has reduced a little bit. So, um, yeah, a little bit more in balance. So, I, I mean, hey, we all all guys need some estrogen in their system. They just need the right amount, right? Right, for sure, for sure. So, okay, so as far as the other things that I thought were, were really important too, is we did do an oat test and I'll get there in a second in terms of that, that finding there. Um, but as far as on the Dutch test, when we got your Dutch test back, as well as your oat test, we did see that you had some challenges. I told you, hey, think of your glutathione. It's your body's main antioxidant. And there's a lot of smoke coming out of the chimney meaning you're burning through a lot of that um, yeah. and you're not replenishing it. And, and we looked at your genetics and you did have a major um, challenge with Nerf 2 um, signaling, which is basically your upregulation of glutathione production. So on mm -hmm. the one hand, your body's inflamed and it, there's stressors in that body and, and you're burning through a lot of your antioxidants and your test results are showing that you are doing that. And then your genetics imply that you may have a challenge with signaling the remaking of it, which again was textbook, right? So is there anything that we recommended um, for supporting you that way in terms of re-signaling your antioxidants? Are you still doing something with that now? Yeah, you got the, uh, you have the, you have a Nerf 2 uh, supplement in your store, right? So Right. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you want to, you want to support that pathway and you've got the perfect product to do that. So, um, that's, that's, it's nice when you have something that, that presents clearly where you have a, uh, you know, a, a supplement that you can recommend to support that. So that's what we did. That's awesome. So, and then I remember one of the very first tests that we got back was your organic acid test as well. And I remember saying to you, cause it was pretty new on my radar in all honesty for myself in terms of oxalates haven't been on my radar for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, so what did you gain from that in terms of, hey, Griffin, you got some oxalate challenges. I'll just say from a metabolic standpoint, it mm -hmm. creates histamine. Yep. And you already have EMFs and, and potential immune challenges and iron oxidation and not signaling your nerf to and aromatizing and all these things you got going on. Um, but as far as the oxalates, it was another, another piece of the puzzle. And I think that's key to mention, Hey, we didn't just focus on one thing. We're mm -hmm. focusing on so many things. So yep. what was the oxalate information? How did you interpret that? And what, what is it? And what have you done about it? Yeah. So, uh, you know, oxalates are, I, I guess the, the simplest way to say it for some people, 
uh, they, they kind of turn into uh, consume poisons for your body, right? And, you know, some people can handle it, some people can't. Uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, I think we saw pretty clearly that it wasn't something that was beneficial for me. And if people are wanting to think about, uh, you know, high oxalate foods, right? Uh, spinach is a, is a high oxalate food. A lot of your leafy greens are high oxalate foods. Uh, grains are going to have high oxalates in them, right? So um, I, I guess my takeaway from that was, you know, bulletproof diet, ketogenic diet. I was slamming it. Man, I love I, I still do, and I don't eat it anymore, but Swiss chard, that's a high oxalate food. I used to pound Swiss chard all the time, and it was actually causing me a problem, right? So I really had to look and say, all right, I can still do keto. I just have to focus on uh, different foods. And fast forward today, my diet um, is probably more of a, a meat-centric keto. And what I really do is I listen to my body. Sometimes I'll go... Uh, I'll, skew a little bit more carnivore and then I my body really gives me signals it's like hey let's have some uh let's have some cauliflower rice tonight right so I'll pound down some cauliflower rice and, and really that's what I do at this point is just I I, I cue off of the signals my body's giving me eat uh, eat accordingly and it works fantastic so um that's that's been a uh it, you know I definitely noticed less inflammation less inflammation less joint pain uh, since going low oxalate, it's been great. Yeah, that's that's amazing. There's a couple of ahas too, because I, I don't remember if it was you, Griffin, but I know like when we went through the report and said, hey, you, you're 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 not dumping your oxalates and it's accumulating and it can create mm -hmm. besides the histamine release um, and and your chief complaints of of not yeah. losing weight and you, you know poor sleep and motivation, a lot of joint pains. Um, and then these are the foods that we recommend have the highest and slowly don't go overnight and just remove them all of a sudden. And we would have said, hey, like the main hitters are, you know, Swiss char, um, um, spinach, um, parsley, beets. So it was one of those things where like we said, hey, like these are the main ones and you had like an aha, like, oh my gosh, I've, I, I've been taking Swiss char a lot and oh, it makes yeah. total yeah. sense. That that was 100% as, you know, you started walking me through what the high, high oxalate veggies were. I'm like, that's my diet. Fantastic. So yeah, that's what I'm right. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of ways around the cutting edge of uh, how food really impacts our bodies, right? We're just getting the, the amount of information that's coming out and accelerating uh, to take, you know, eat your vegetables, right? Which was the, the old line to where now it's really, well, you might want to be careful about how you eat your vegetables. And, you know, it's right. fantastic that we're getting that info because, you know, I think, I think the more we understand, you know, maybe the good and the bad about what vegetables do to our body and, you know, we can take that information and turn it into better health. That's, we're living in an exciting time of information for sure on that front. Yeah. And for you, I mean, it really is customized as we start to share all the findings and ahas that we had with you. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're not really giving you a cookie cutter recommendation. No. We're giving you, hey, Griffin has all of these challenges. These are the things that you're going to have to keep in your toolkit now and bring mm -hmm. it out when you. And so 
But what would you say to someone like, okay, like that sounds great, but it seems like you're not enjoying life. You're like, maybe you feel better, but you mm -hmm. have to restrict your food now. Um, you take these supplements. Um, is it doable what you're doing? I mean, is it sustainable? Is it impacting your yeah. quality of life? You know, tell me a little bit about that. You know, I, I guess the easy thing for me is at age 38, uh, I was an outside sales representative and I planned my sales calls around um, my, the, the places that had the nice restrooms because I'd literally have GI issues and, you know, I'd get instant diarrhea, nausea. And, you know, if I ever even have a moment where, you know, I'm feeling restricted, I, all I have to do is remember back to those days. It was bad, right? And it's like, I'm so grateful that I understand, uh, I have a better understanding of which foods work for my body. And I'm able to do that. And it is interesting, right? Because socially, that can be a challenge. Um, you know, I it work, they'll bring in food. And they're like, hey, go ahead. And I'm like, hey, I'm good. I, I'd rather fast than put that in my body because I know what it does to me, right? So you just, you know, I, I think, I think everybody's going to have go through the 12 steps when they start limiting, uh, removing things from their diet that society says are fine, right? But you know that aren't. And you go, what are the steps? Uh, uh, grief, denial, all those things. And you're, you go through the, the steps of, well, maybe I can have it some of the time and not. And I, it's just taken me six years to get to the point where I, I guess I look at food as, uh, you know, fuel and nutrition rather than pleasure now. Um, fortunately I wasn't allergic to meat and that's, that's probably my biggest love in life. Right. So, you know, we do a lot of pulled porks and smoked chickens and, uh, you know, uh, roasts and, and I eat a lot of steaks. So, you know, those are, it, it, you can get stuck on what you can't have. I would certainly recommend to people, Hey, just fall in love with what you can have and, you know, make a commitment to yourself every day that those foods that don't work well with your body, just it, be okay with whether it's a social setting or pressure or whatever, just it's okay to say no. And I, I just fully explain to people, you know, I, I used to have, you know, massive IBS and those foods gave it to me. So it's not worth it for me to go eat that again. Yeah. That's a good, a hard lesson to learn. Cause every now and then I, I learned that lesson as well. And then I think you have to get out of the hot tub long enough to know how hot it was, so to speak. And then, because yeah. if, all the time you don't realize like okay you've kind of acclimated to it a little bit mm. you know hogs in the, in the warming pot and you before you know it it's boiling and you don't even really realize you have to be out of it for a certain amount of time and then you're you're human you're going to slip up from time to time and then you realize geez that wasn't worth it yeah. um i don't like how i'm feeling I, I feel terrible i feel sick and then i like how much i'm feeling good with this and a lot of people never get that i like how good i'm feeling feeling because mm -hmm. they never are out of the pot long enough so i think that's a a big one for you but getting into you know just your positive outlook because you didn't even mention when we first started working together motivation positive outlook wasn't there but you just mentioned instead of looking at what you can't do, look at what you can do. Um, when did that become back on for you? Or, or has that something that was always there and you just lost it or you just gained it? Like, give me a little insight on how much, where did that come from? And how much do you think 
that positive outlook was key in, in giving, getting you better and put being the glue with all the things that we just mentioned to sort of solidify everything. What, what's your feedback on that, Griffin? As far as the timeline, I, I could, that was, that was such an evolution. Um, I'd say probably sometime in the, in the past couple years, um, you know, uh, it, so I couldn't tell you exactly, but it, you know, I think that's just it is at some point, you know, I, I kind of realize it's, you know, I have food limitations. Right. And it, I was just thinking one day it, looking around at people around me and, they're, they're kind of overweight and they're not looking so hot and, you know, their skin doesn't look like it's healthy. And um, I, I'm just looking at them going, these are really unhealthy people. And then I, I kind of had this epiphany one day. I said, you know, this, this didn't, all my digestive issues didn't happen to me. They happened for me. Right. Cause look at all these people that, that are tolerating this stuff in their, in their life. Right. And look at what it's doing to their health. And what a blessing I've had to understand that, hey, I can't do those things. And because of that, I'm, I'm making positive changes that are making me a lot healthier than the individuals around me I'm looking at. So, you know, you can, you can certainly look at it as a curse. I just chose to start looking at it as a blessing. It's, it's an amazing, I mean, of all the things that you've, we've talked about today, I would still say that that's probably been the, the most important shift for you. I know it was for me. Um, how can you, someone watching this, maybe asking the question, how could you possibly be thinking about like all the heartache and pain and dysfunction that you were experiencing as a blessing? Like, that's mm -hmm. not fair. I mean, like, life's not fair. Why, why am I burdened with this? Why doesn't someone else have this? And why, you know, why does it have to impact me so much? And no one else doesn't. I mean, that, that's a totally justifiable feeling, um, sure. but it's not going to serve you getting better, you know? Right. And in fact, it, it's, it's going to be part of your toolkit to have the feeling of, okay, I'm going to use this as a blessing to know mm -hmm. like what I want. And I think that's a, a key take home. So thank you for sharing that. I'm glad yeah. you, you got that. Um, one other thing I would mention is I remember when we would have our visits and I think I would, re I think when I recorded them because your mom was a professor and, and you know, um, I think I remember you saying, hey, like you're, you're not full of it because I sent it to my mom and she like, you know, said everything you're saying is true was there some kind of like you had I guess the question is did you have some kind of reaffirming or um how was your mom input with everything that you went through given that she is a professor and teaches some of this stuff yeah you know it uh that was I mean I was I was fully on board with you when I did it but uh, hey my mom's uh one of my mentors in life and uh you know we've worked on health challenges together so I I, I sent the, uh, you know, our recorded uh, meetings uh, off to her to watch. And, you know, the, she, she watched through the first one and, you know, I, she got done with it and I called her up and I said, what do you think? And she says, this is the future of medicine, right? And, you know, oh, I think you, right. It, right? We're, we're taking multiple lab tests. We're taking genetic information, right? We're looking at where your liabilities are and where, your actual liabilities are it, that like the, 
the genetic testing is smoke, right? It's just smoke. And then we're using the lab testing to find the fire. And she said, this is just brilliant. And I, you know, I, I would definitely recommend uh, for all, all your listeners that are thinking about using your services, like one of the, one of the key pieces of literature that helped me, you know, uh, become okay with uh, working with you and your approach was this book right here. It's called Dirty Genes by Dr. Ben Lynch, right? And after reading that book, it goes nowhere into the depth that your services cover, right? This is a, this is like a primer, but you know, I, after doing, after reading Dirty Genes, like I, I had a basic foundational understanding my mother read that too, and and that's where she's on board. She's like, "Hey, this is this is genetic based medicine is the future of medicine, and that's what you're delivering is is the future of medicine now." Hey, listen, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. And again, the biggest thank you I have, and I say this sincerely, is you getting your health back. I mean, it really is. I'm so happy that that happens. Um, I, I still and kudos to Dr. Lynch. I learned a lot from him. Um, mm -hmm. and he showed up and wrote the book and I'm like, I got 10 books in here that I haven't come out with, but, um, I, I agree with you in the sense that it's indispensable how important the genetic blueprint, the possibilities. And I love your analogy, the smoke and the fire. Um, I've always used uh, the, the loaded, the gun and the, and the trigger, you, you know, in terms of the environment pulls the trigger and the gun is the genetics. Um, so in, in that regards, it's that perfect storm where you had it. I mean, in terms of you, you hold on oxalates a little more, your iron oxidizes a little bit more. You don't create firefighters that put out the fires as much. Mm -hmm. You don't clear out the histamine as much. You're more sensitive to the Wi-Fi more and, and your blood tests are proving and confirming all of that. And let's focus on prioritizing everything and, and implementing it. And now it's not like a one-time noun it's a verb i mean mm -hmm. really it's a verb you have tools you're empowered and if you so chose to you can help other people now with some similar circumstances so yep. i so you know this is this is great that you're sharing this information because mm -hmm. it's not so much a commercial for for my business it's more mm -hmm. of a hey like this is possible you can get your health back so yeah i guess before I ask you my ending question, what would you say to someone? I mean, you kind of said it already. What would you say to someone who was maybe um, hesitant? Or I know even for you, you said, hey, listen, it, 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 it was an investment for me. Mm -hmm. sure. uh, but what would you say now knowing that, hey, like nothing's guaranteed. You're not guaranteed that that investment is absolutely going to pay for itself. Um, there, there's no guarantee with healthcare. I can't guarantee you, Griffin, okay, this is going to fix you 100% money back guarantee mm -hmm. because that mindset, if it's not there or all the other things, or you do go to an office party and you do eat all that food, that's going to be challenging. Mm -hmm. I can't control that. Um, but yep. what would you say to someone who would be maybe pessimistic or unsure that you know it's worth it? Um, how would you, what would you, what would the conversation be to them that you would have from your experiences? Number one, if you're in a bad enough place, what do you have to lose, right? I mean, if you feel like crap, you have low energy, you have, you know, all these, all these issues that are causing lower quality of life. Number one, what do you have to lose? Um, 
number two, uh, I, I would say, you know, knowing the cost of your services. And I think I talked to you this on the, about this on the front end. I said, you know, if, if we could even get 75% of my lingering issues resolved, like the return on investment for my career, my personal life, the memories I build with my children. I mean, it's enormous and it has been enormous, right? So um, what do you have to lose? And then look at the ROI, right? Uh, you know, you're, you're after working with you, you're well-trained. And to me, you were worth every penny and more, 100% knowing where I sit today. So uh, don't be afraid of the expense focus on the return on investment that you have an opportunity to get. And, it, you know, I, I guess on the flip side, I'd tell somebody, if you're not in a place where you can make a commitment to make some lifestyle changes, right. And, and do some supplementation and work through the interventions that we talked about, you know, maybe the timing's not right for that person. Right. But if you're on board to change and you have to be make that investment, it's, it's uh, I'm, I'm living proof. Yeah, no, hey, listen, that's a great answer. It just makes me think like sometimes, and I agree with you, I'll have clients that aren't ready for it. And then yeah. they'll come back to me a couple of years later. I just had someone that the other day and she's like, oh, I wasn't ready. And I just wish I would have started with you sooner. But they mm -hmm. had to, re you know, like they always say, a, a lower low, right? Yeah. So you remember what it was, what the low was for you that made you decide, okay, I can't go any lower now. I, I got to do something about it yesterday, like versus tomorrow. Like what was the low for you that made you decide, okay, I got to do it. I was, uh, you know, at my home office working and I'd fall asleep on my desk three times a day, just literally sitting upright, couldn't stay awake. And I'm like, I, you know, professionally, I won't be able to survive if, you know, I can, I can doze off for half an hour. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Right. And I, that's, I, I looked at your information and, and I just, I think I woke up and I'm like, this is not good for, you know, my family's finances, my career prospects, my productivity, when you're in a, a, a field like sales and business development. Right. I mean, you got to hustle and I had no ability to hustle. And that was the, that was the last straw. I, I was this, this is not whatever path I'm on. It's not going to end well. Yeah. Listen, I mean, it's no coincidence that we started working together as well, because I, I will be the first to admit that the person that I work with has got to be super coachable. Um, mm. And I think that that's a lot of the things that people that have the best outcomes is not so much the information I give them. It's the ahas that they have with the information. Um, and the desire and the willingness and the believability too. A lot of people don't believe that they can do it or they're worthy of it or have the fortitude to continue um, when things aren't working perfectly to continue to grind through. So I guess what I'm saying is, is it really comes down to the kudos are on you in terms of you decided that this is unacceptable, that I got to get my health back, not just for me, but for my family. Um, mm. I, I know I still have a lot more to live for um, with high quality of life, which at the end of the day, that is, can't put a money value on that, but you can put a money value on your, your employability and your ability to earn an income. And, and that really is the ROI for sure. Yes. So awesome, awesome information, Griffin. I'm really mm -hmm. grateful for what you're doing. Last question I usually have is, 
hey, listen, like now that you know all the stuff that you had and you were lucky, again, I, I would say in the sense that 38, 44, you, you know, maybe there were some glitches in the, in the program before 38, but a lot of the people that I work with are like, hey, I'm 44 and I don't remember a time where I didn't have this or I'm 65 and it's been since I was seven years old. So um, in, in that regards, what would you have told maybe the 38 year old guy or even the younger guy that may have had some health challenges? Um, what would you have with the most what would be the most insightful information that you have now that you would tell like the younger, not as healthy Griffin then that would have made bigger, quicker, faster improvements? I, over the years, probably could have paid for uh, your consultation six times over uh, had I not gone after the magic bullet time after time after time. And I think that's a function of, you know, getting, getting involved with the Bulletproof diet and Bulletproof lifestyles, this whole concept of biohacking, right? And I was just looking for the, the silver bullet, the magic bullet, buying this supplement, this device, you know, whatever. And, you know, sometimes getting help earlier and faster is actually the cheaper solution with the higher ROI, right? And I, I, something I struggle with personally uh, sometimes is asking for help, right? Or giving myself permission to get help. And that's, that's really, you know, it, what I've learned. It, it's helped me professionally too, right? To, to come to terms with, hey, I don't, I don't have the tools in my toolkit professionally to uh, handle this issue. So I, I've learned through this process, it's okay to ask for help, right? Um, it's okay to invest money in your, your health and get, uh, you know, information that you're not, and I can just for all the uh, viewers of this and listeners of the podcast, you are not likely on your own to come across the interventions that Dr. Joel will recommend to you in the services on your own. I mean, I won't say it's not going to happen, but it's probably not going to happen. Right. So, you know, get help, uh, get help sooner. Don't, don't delay, don't put it off. I mean, um, and, you know, maybe six years ago, we never would have connected. And I think, you know, the information's come a long way over those six years to where you're able to deliver this type of service now. So, uh, you know, that might not have been an option six years ago, but I certainly would have probably uh, tried to seek out different practitioners early in the process and invest that money because, you know, if I, if I could have been where I am today, six years ago, and somebody said, hey, would you pay 10,000 bucks for that? Done right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Um, as far as everything that you mentioned, there's some really clinical pearls in there. Number one, it wasn't 10,000, but it would have been great. You know, hey, let's we yeah. get started at 10. But the real, the real clinical, go ahead. Yeah, you have something no, to say? I was just going to say, and I need to clarify, it might have sounded like your services cost $10,000 and they don't, right? right. So your, right. your viewers need to know that. So we just, we just need to clarify, you have an array of services that are much more affordable right. than that. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, listen. Yeah. Right. Um, so no, I didn't I mean, want to clarify that, but, um, you know, the investment, it, it's, if you don't invest in your health, where you, where's it going to come from, Right. Listen, I, I mean, I have programs that I work for with people for a full year and it could be more than 10K, but then right. I also have people that 
you know, just do a case review and um, we're looking at $495. So you know, yeah. it's, it's anywhere in between. And we, we presented to you a bunch of tests and those aren't mm -hmm. cheap tests. So yep. we did have a, an investment for sure. But the, that's not the whole amazing thing that you said there. Number one, which I've been saying for a long time too, because I take part of those biohacking groups and, hey, what's the biohacking thing for foot fungus? Or what's the biohacking for... And, and the mentality is to take one thing and, mm -hmm. and, and it biohack, you don't have to, it solves you from responsibility of making lifestyle changes and understanding yeah. your genetics. And so that's a huge, that's a huge thing. I mean, it's more yeah. data tracking than biohacking, understanding mm -hmm. your own body, number one. Yeah. And the number two is, which, which I do as well. I mean, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars for my education, right? And um, I've had a lot of coaches along the way that will not deliver the information that I can get on my own, they're gonna deliver a lot more because I'm using their information to leapfrog me past yep. the point of where I would have ever gotten on my own. And it's the mm -hmm. same thing. Like if you're gonna to fly to California from Florida or you're gonna take a bus, you're gonna pay a lot less for the bus, right? right? Why is that? Because you get to California quicker. Right. So you're you're buying time in that regard. Yeah. You're buying yep. time. Right. Yeah. So that that's really key, aha, for, for a lot of people. Cause I, I'm like you in that regards too, where you know, if I can do it myself, I'm just gonna do it myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And 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 then not to realize that's not my area of expertise. Mm -hmm. Um I, I can hire someone that that actually, believe it or not, I'm paying less for because the time that I get to do other things with that time is more valuable than mm -hmm. the person. So there's a lot of lessons yeah. in what you said for sure. Um, oh, any yeah. other last parting thoughts that come to your head that you want to share or um, anything else? It, you know, number one, we didn't cover it up front, but it, always good to disclose. I haven't been paid in any way for this, uh, uh, All right. it, you know, recording today. So I don't want anybody to think there's a conflict of interest, right? So uh, you know, this was, uh, you know, I, I did this with Dr. Joel cause I'm a, uh, huge believer in what he does and how it's helped me. Uh, I just wanted to share that experience too. Uh, you know, I, I guess the last thing I'd say is, um, probably the most phenomenal part of this past year for me was I've been able to make this health improve, uh, improvement during a pandemic where, uh, you know, both my wife and my job were casualties of the pandemic. We've relocated twice this year to end up landing on our feet. Uh, it's been a stressor on our kids, right? So um, if, if you and I can pull this off in the middle of all that going on, you know, it, maybe there's somebody out there that's looking at this that, you know, still has their job and the, the pandemic hasn't been as big an effect. So I, I think that's the most marvelous thing is, Hey, we've been able to get back on our feet and, you know, make, make some lifestyle changes and we're living farther south now, which is exactly what we wanted to do. Right. But think about somebody that isn't going through all of that. They, you know, that, that person, you know, should be a huge believer. If we can accomplish this while all those extra activities are going on, think of what some of your other listeners can do maybe with less, uh, less life stressors happening. So I, I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, I, I, we, we, my whole family lives, not just me, my whole family lives a better life because, you know, we, 
we hooked up for a consultation and, you know, implemented the advice and, uh, you know, it's what you do is, uh, you know, I, I think you can call it life-saving. Hey man, I'm, I'm just so happy that it has changed your life. I'm grateful that I've had, and that's a good word. I'm grateful that I had a role to play in that. Um, as we look through your, your, you know, we had emailed each other back and forth. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm still doing great. You, you know, and then I remember I DM'd you and, and, and you responded right away. as like, and you're on two hours behind me. Like, dude, what are you doing up? You got to No, it's okay. I got, I got my work and it's, you know, it's just been pushing hard, but I'm, I'm like, okay, make sure you can protect your circadian rhythm. And so and no matter what, I'm feeling better than where I was. And um, mm -hmm. looking at your case review, and seeing all the, I guess you would look at it as all the needles in the haystack. You know, mm -hmm. you had a lot of obvious outright challenges that, as you mentioned, would not be looked at from a, from a standard allopathic point of view. And even from a an alternative point of view, this has taken me a long time to understand all of the pieces and how they fit together. And, and I guess you could say, I mean, it does help people that are exhausted and burnt out. And it also helps them realize it's just so much deeper than the adrenals. And I think mm -hmm. what I'm going to do, you had a really amazing um, soundbite that I'm going to be titling the name of this podcast as sort of the secret ingredient to the biohacking, which mm -hmm. is basically everything, all your ahas and all the ways that we were able to put together the important puzzle pieces for you. And now I'm, I'm fully, fully assured and guaranteed and, and very certain you'll continue to have health challenges in terms of the stressors will always be there, mm -hmm. um, but they're not necessarily going to result in a, a major problem for you because you'll know what to do about it um, right. and because you have tools now. So I, I'm just grateful that I played a role in that and, and you're able to share the time that you, you have today, Griffin. And I want to wish you and your family an awesome holiday season and uh, an amazing 2021. And hopefully we can uh, connect, keep connecting and, and, and hearing about all your, your successes and wins. Happy holidays, Dr. Joel. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Griffin. Thanks for tuning into today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested to see if you're a good fit to work with our Adrenal Awakening program, here's what to do next. Head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak to our team. Here's how it works. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, where exactly do you want to be with your health and where are you now? Number two, what are the genetic components that haven't been discovered that are impacting your health? And number three, what are the environmental triggers that may be overlapping with these genetic components keeping you from getting optimal health? Remember, getting your energy back just won't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make that happen. We've helped clients all over the world transform their lives, quadruple their energy, and fix their metabolism and make the world a better place. To see if you can do the same thing, head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply. I'm Dr. Richard Joel Rosen, and we'll talk to you soon.